That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. 121-102 is your final Jazz Game Night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you tonight. Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tim, tonight the, shot, the Jazz shot 43.4% from the field, 10 of 32 from three for 31.3%. They were led by Bogdanovich's uh, 30 points. Donovan Mitchell added 26. Six. Rudy had 14 uh, to go along with his 13 rebounds to uh, return from his injury. Joe Ingles with 12 points coming off the bench, but just not enough from an energy and physicality standpoint tonight, Tim, as they surrender another uh, big-time offensive performance from the opponent, this time with Rudy on the floor surrendering 121 points. Yeah, and I think that the, the number, I think Dave just, David Locke just tweeted out, was that the Jazz gave up 1.4 points per possession Uh, in that second half, which is so uncharacteristic of kind of where the Jazz hang their hat. So um, it's a a game that, uh, again, offensively, they weren't clicking. Um, I think Donovan was 2 for 10 in the first half. He went 8 for 13 in the second, kind of got going. Uh, Bogdanovich played great, a great game right from the start. Um, but really, to me, this was about energy and just kind of the uh, the lack of uh, of aggressiveness and physicality. It seemed like the Indianapolis or the Indiana <laughs> wanted to uh, to be out there a little more than the Jazz did tonight. Yeah, and they had it. And I don't know, uh, you know, David talked about the lack of success for the Jazz against the Pacers last year. We see tonight's game. Maybe it's something Coach McMillan has a game plan that has Coach Snyder's number. Uh, David mentioned also they're very similar teams in the way that they play. But I guess that's the one thing. If you're going up against a team that also makes its living on physical play and defense, well, you better do it better than they do or it's going to be trouble. And maybe that's what we saw from the Jazz a little bit tonight. Well, it seemed to me, too, uh, uh, Indiana, you know, they, they moved the ball really well and they had a real purpose to their offense. Um, you know, the guys shared it and moved it. There were times in that game where the Jazz, it, the ball stuck a little bit. Um, and I think that can all kind of go back to uh, whatever reason. But uh, it's a uh, it's it's a concerning thing because the Jazz haven't really played like that. In my mind, watching the game tonight, I felt like, you know, they've had some tough losses, but they were always kind of in the game. This seemed to me like they were they were just kind of didn't really have an answer all night. Um, and Indiana basically outplayed them from the very beginning. All right, Tim, uh, let's take a look at points in the paint tonight, and then we'll uh, check in at the podium with Coach Schneider. Points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Uh, tonight, points in the paint. Uh, the Jazz outscored by the Pacers 58-46. to Not surprised uh, necessarily the Jazz got outscored in the paint tonight, Tim, but to give up 58 to the Pacers, that's a lot. There were a lot of easy baskets. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff around the rim that typically doesn't happen. 
happen. Um, and that's one thing that you kind of kind of look to and say the Jazz weren't really themselves. Um, the number of times, I think there was a play with like four minutes to go, there was one offensive rebounder, four Jazz guys, and the uh, Indiana, Indiana player just basically beat them to the ball. And that was kind of a microcosm of the night. Um, there was a, uh, there was, seemed to be just kind of a lack of urgency. All right, let's throw things back uh, to Indiana where Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Well, you know, they really hurt us in the paint. Um, and um, whether that was be just a communication um, on a lot of it in pick and roll, um, you know, we just, we weren't as, we knew how physical a team they were. And, you know, we just have to, you know, we need to, we need to be better. You know, I don't, I don't, this isn't like a, a glaring one thing that um, we did. Um, I thought they, they were the more aggressive team, and that showed with the way they attacked the basket. You mentioned communication, but what are some of the other challenges that their pick and roll game tonight presented? Well, you know, we were small at various points, and they were rolling guys down when we were switching. And I thought we did a pretty good job of kicking guys out, but um, you know, that connectivity, um, you know, communication is is a big thing because it results in a lot of other things that um, you need that to, to clean up. And you know, I thought they could, did it, you know they did a good just about this hit. You know, a lot of mid range uh, shots in the lane that are tough to cover and. He's a good player. He can make that shot. Um, you know, everything was just a little, a little too easy. And I point to the communication because that sometimes gives you, you know, a decisiveness that's necessary. Did you feel like the urgency and focus was there on the defensive end? Yeah, they're they're a difficult team for us to guard um, in, in some respects. And, you know, the effort's always there with our group. You know, sometimes you you execute better than others. And in this case. Um, you know, I'd like to. It's one of those games you want to watch the film because there's a number of things that you know, you make sweeping judgments about exactly what happened without seeing it. So, um, but obviously, you know, they were they were they were good tonight, and we needed to be better. I thought you know, the end of quarter situations hurt us. Um, there were a couple runs there where we, you know, we were right there in the game. So I don't know that the score necessarily reflects on the game, but in this case, it, you know, they built a built a lead too. So um, and they did that. You know, I think with physicality and aggressiveness, and, and they made some shots too. You know, we had some um, some possessions where we had empty possessions offensively, and um, that made it even harder. But what, are that that you, uh, what are some of the issues that you have with their pick and pop game that was so effective? Oh, I don't. I don't know, Tony. The, the, you know that that would go to some of the communication. Um, you're in situations where you need to to, to switch earlier against the seven footer. But I, I thought, um, you know, the interior and, and the paint hurt us more than the pick and pop. Like I said, it, you know, they, they they had a couple clean looks. Um, you know, Turner hit one big bucket. You know, on a, on a pop and three. But it, you know, that was and Sabonis had one too. They kind of. That was a, a tough shot that bounced in. So, like I said, I, I think um, we were more challenged in the paint than we were, you know, on the pick and pop stuff. How do you think Rudy looked in his first game back? Um, you know, I, I, it's hard to, to single out one player for you know anything good or bad tonight. You know, it's a collective effort. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, Rudy gives us a, 
uh, a different presence defensively. And, um, but we were all um, we all needed to be needed to be better tonight. You know. How do you think you did struggle closing out quarters tonight? Um, you know, again, it, it, no sweeping. It, you know, usually when you the team goes on the run at the end of the quarter, it's a combination of things. Um, on both ends of the floor, you know, I didn't think we executed like we needed to offensively, and you know that led to some possessions defensively where um, we were uphill. Bogdanovich goes on that scoring run in the third quarter. How do you want your team to weigh kind of getting the hot hand the ball versus kind of running normal offense and just doing what you guys do? Well, I think one of the reasons that he went on that run is because guys were finding him, and you know that's something that's important for this group because it could be different guys at various times and. Um, you know that that you know that that was an end of the quarter situation too. Where um, you know I think you know guys are aware of that and, and want to find him, and you know, we can do a better job of that. Um, you know that's something we've been good at. And, you know we need to be better. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team falls to the Pacers tonight, 121-102. to Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott, we'll talk about what Coach Snyder had to say coming up right around the corner. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. 121 to 102 is your final Jazz fall on the road to the Indiana Pacers. We just heard from uh, Coach Snyder. Tim, what did you think about what uh, what he had to say? Uh, he, he brought up a great point in terms of the Jazz being able to close out quarters. Um, second second quarter, the Jazz cut the lead to three um, and ended up going into, with two minutes to go, ended up going into the half. Uh, down 10. Um, they come back out in the third quarter, get the lead down to three once again, uh, and end up going at the end of the, the third quarter going down nine. So those two little stretches right there really hurt them. Um, and that's something, you know, obviously watch live, but uh, leave it to a coach to point that out. But I think that those were kind of some momentum things where the Jazz kind of fought back, got back in the game, and then kind of lost the lead. But I think, I think he, he summed it up. He, he talked about Indiana being the more aggressive team, the more physical team, and typically the more aggressive and physical team will win the game. All right, clear, clear something up for me in, uh, you know, coach speak translation. Okay. Because uh, I obviously am not uh, the smartest person. I actually person have life. coach speak translation on my phone Do you? Here. Do you yeah. have it there? Yeah. So Coach Snyder talked about energy being an issue. And and you could see that, right? Energy, physicality, that sort of thing is an issue. But he said effort is never an issue with this team. So kind of what's the difference there? Well, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, Majerus used to talk about the great Vince Lombardi quote that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Um, you know, I think the thing that, that Quinn's probably saying there is that the Jazz, their mindset is great. They're locked in. Their The culture is good. Um, so I think that speaks possibly to the energy uh, or excuse me, to the effort side. Right. The energy being kind of your physical well-being, your, if you're run down. The, they, they looked tired, more t- like more mentally fatigued to me tonight. They just didn't have that typical jazz 
energy to them. So I guess that's probably the closest I can come to translate uh, without making you an official coach. <laughs> well, they did pour a lot of effort into them at, at that Milwaukee game, and they the Pelican game uh, was a game they had to put a lot into too, not to, to make excuses by any means, but you can see, you know, you get out on a road trip and you can get a little fatigued. But, yeah, I think that's an important distinction to make, though, because you don't want to think the team's going out there and quitting. No, and I didn't feel like that at all. I think that the, the you know, there's nights where sometimes you just don't feel like as a group that you kind of have it in – uh, to me, if you just compare the energy, even though they're down Rudy, the energy they played with against M- Milwaukee the other night was impressive. Um, and then tonight, it just seemed like there was kind of a, a whatever blase feeling about you know just the way they came out and never kind of recovered. Let's throw things back to the locker room where Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Give the ball to the opponent and allow them to get easy baskets. I think it's uh, really a... Uh Put your defense in a tough position, and I feel like it really gives confidence to the other team. And I think overall, just physicality. You know, I think they were able to run whatever they wanted to run, uh, get the ball wherever they wanted to get the ball, and uh, you know, and they, they felt great. They felt comfortable. How are you feeling in your first game back? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Um, you know. I'm, so in two games, but uh, it's great to be back. What were some of those challenges guarding the paint tonight? The I mean, they were playing big. I think we did overall. We did a pretty good job, you know, uh, controlling the two the two bigs. Uh, we just had a. I, mean, I think it's just the little things, you know, be be a little more physical on the ball and and uh, and on the boards, you know. And I think uh, if if we do that I and mean, take care of the ball, it, it's a different game. Coach mentioned also communication being a thing tonight as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, it comes with all that, you know, but I really, really think that, you know, and awareness offensively, like we we take care of the ball, they got going like that. Every run they made was of our turnovers, and at the end it's 20 points, but I think in the early in the fourth we were in the game. It was like a three-point game at one point, and we, we turned the ball over like two or three times in a row, and all of a sudden it's a 10-point game. So take care of the ball and uh, set our defense and then we you know a little more physicality and communication and I think we'll be there you go that was uh, Rudy Gobert tonight and uh, Tim Rudy 14 points on 5 of 9 shooting 13 rebounds he had a block he did have a steal one thing that stood out to me what he had to say right there it kind of falls into what we've been talking about and what Coach Snyder had to say in the last segment that Indiana got word to the spots that they wanted to get to both offensively and defensively with little resistance from the Jazz and really if you if you slice it all the way down that's what def- defense is basically I'm not going to let them do what they like to do and they're going to have to beat me doing something else and that wasn't the case tonight it seemed like you know in the, in talking with Dave and Ron we talked about the fact that 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 was the feeling they got where they wanted they got the shots they wanted um, the the easy stuff around the rim that's really hard typically against the Jazz was easy tonight um, so whether it be a breakdown in communication execution energy whatever it was those are just the facts of what happened yeah Rudy also mentioned second chance points uh, the Pacers grabbed 11 offensive rebounds although the Jazz got 10 and the Jazz turned the ball over 16 times which is actually a little bit lower than what they've done recently but still probably a little too many. I think there, and Rooney made the point, and I think that's true. With the end of those quarters, when you think back, I think those were those turnovers. There were turnovers, key turnovers in those stretches. 
that that gave them the their advantage. So I, again, you can go back and nitpick a game, pick things apart. Didn't feel like the rebounding, the turnovers were the biggest issue. I think the biggest issue was just kind of the uh, the overall energy of the team tonight. It just did not seem to to be the Jazz were t- typically accustomed to. Let's check out the assist feature proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating five dollars, uh, excuse me, fifty dollars for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz had 19 assists on 36 made field goals. They were led by Mike Conley, who had five assists. Emmanuel Moutier had three assists coming in off the bench. A few guys had two and a couple singles in there as well. But Mike Conley, despite the five assists, two of eight from the field, one of three from three, Tim. Uh, he uh, he only had five points tonight. He, uh, he did have two turnovers, but you know we're still kind of waiting for that consistent Mike Conley performance out of Mike Conley. Yeah, Mike. Mike was really tonight was non-factor. Uh, just, just the truth of the matter. He just did not uh, have much of a uh, of an evening tonight. Um, and you know, you can credit possibly the the physicality, the the aggression of Indiana. But um, yeah, they they need they need everybody playing well. And uh, and you know, Mike didn't come out and, and just play. You know, he he did some good things, but just not typical. Uh, you know, what you're used to from a from a career standpoint with Mike. I think the Pacers might be an example of a backcourt um, that is is going to give the Jazz a little trouble uh, because Mike Conley six even, Donovan Mitchell 6'1", Malcolm Brogdon is 6'5", Jeremy Lamb is 6'5", and kind of a, a bigger 6'5", at that. And then T.J. Warren, if, if he's your quote-unquote three, so to speak, that guy is an absolute house. And then they've got Turner and Sabonis, who they don't always play together, but uh, Indiana's a big team, and that's a big backcourt, and that might you know, be something to keep an eye on as the Jazz go forward because they are not big. Yeah, and, and the Jazz, and Quinn talked about in, in his his comments, you know, they were handing some ball screens. They were switching them. They were putting a guard on the big as the big rolled, and they were kicking the, the weak side guy was coming, taking the roll and kicking out. And sometimes that maybe that help was late. The communication could be better. But you're right, that's, that's a point to watch, particularly with teams with big guards. I mean, I'm thinking of the Rockets, right? How right. the Jazz match them uh, physically. Uh, and that's something that Indiana did a great job tonight of using their advantage in size against the Jazz. Or even a team like the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, well, I we've mean, seen that one, right? Right. We, yeah, we've seen that one. But, I mean, there it's, an, it's a night-in and night-out thing in this league because I promise you they're trying to draft the, most, the biggest, most versi- uh, versatile guys they can get. Uh, and I think that even though Indiana doesn't have the names, you know, you talk about Brogdon, Turner, and Warren, those are all, and Sabonis and Lamb, they're all good players. They're not guys you talk about on a daily basis in the NBA, but they're very talented. Most importantly, they play together. That team really plays together. Well, taking a look at the assists, I mean, Indiana had 23 total assists tonight, and then you, your eyes go right to Malcolm Brogdon, who had eight. And what a pickup for this team. I was so impressed with him tonight, Tim. Uh, 22 points on 10 of 18 shooting, eight assists, only one turn turnover and I thought he caused problems for the Jazz all night long. When Victor Oladipo gets back and they have Brogdon and Oladipo can initiate the offense and and really make plays for everybody around them. I mean, this team this team has a ton of potential, but I I thought Brogdon was terrific tonight. Yeah, the the crazy thing is his assist number tonight and, and he, it stood out his playmaking ability 
but that's an average night for him. He, he has eight assists a night. So he's out there doing that nightly. Um, he's a great player. He has a great feel and unbelievable vision. We talked about in the, in the pregame about, you know, the levels of vision. This guy has elite vision. You know, I, I know the Bucks didn't sign Brogdon because of uh, salary issues, and they'd already paid Eric Bledsoe. But I'd probably rather have Brogdon than, than Bledsoe if I were being honest yeah. and I were the GM of the Milwaukee Bucks. I know that wasn't an option again, but I'd probably rather have Brogdon than Bledsoe at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Especially with a player like George Hill backing him up, where you know you know you've got some solid play coming in. Yep. He's a, I, I'm super impressed just with Brogdon. Just sheer size too, yep. right? He's such a big guy, you know. And, and it's crazy how the NBA is going to bigger ball handlers, you know. I.e. Luka Doncic. Um, there's guys out there that, you know, they can handle it. They can see over everything. I mean, that's a real advantage. Luca is sneaky big because I don't think of him of being that big, and then you look at his what he's listed at six six and two whatever. I mean he's he's big. He's a big dude. Yeah, yeah, and he and he plays like it at times too. He's fun to watch. No, he's he's so fun to watch. Yeah, he is fun to watch. All right, it's your jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at Mark Miller Subaru. Com. We'll have more for you straight ahead here on Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Uh, the uh, Indiana Pacers beat the Utah Jazz tonight, 121 to 102. Tim, let's take a look at uh, tonight's Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local uh, vehicle glass expert. Uh, they're back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Uh, now, this feels like we're back to normal, Tim. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Rudy Gobert, of course. 13 rebounds, five offensive rebounds uh, for Rudy to go along with his 14 points. He also had a, a block shot. And I know that uh, tonight wasn't the best night for the Jazz, but I thought uh, Rudy played really hard. I thought Rudy played well, and it was good to see him back in the lineup. I think that's the most important thing, the fact that he's he, he's back in the lineup. He's playing. You know, you kind of always worry with big guys and they get those ankles. But um, he, he, he was. I thought he was good tonight. I, I don't think you could see any kind of lingering effect, and and he played and impacted the game. You know, like he does. Uh, he absolutely does. Both sides of the ball. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And you could see the the Jazz are making more of a concerted effort to get him involved offensively, especially when he gets his man pinned under the basket. And we did see a nice lob from Mike Conley. Uh, to Rudy as well, Tim. And I talked to Mike Conley yesterday. Uh, we had him on the big show, and I asked him how important it is that he get that kind of connection with Rudy. And one thing about Ricky Rubio, I know he had his his faults. He had a lot of positives too, but uh, one of the best things he did was he made that connect with Rudy, and he and Rudy were kind of like mind on those plays. And you can't expect that to come overnight, but I, I did think, or I do think, that it's important that those two continue to kind of uh, get onto the same page. No, and I think that it's it's certainly getting better. You know, I think that you're seeing more frequent 
times where whether it be Rudy pinning his guy or that play you talked about the lob um, you know I think Conley's mindful of where is Rudy and how can I find him and I think that's always a great thing to have with a point guard well the thing is Marcus Saul he's a pick and pop guy and and even when he does roll to the rim uh, Mark He's blessed with a lot of things, but, uh, you know, getting up and going after lobs, I don't think is uh, one of his strong suits. So, I mean, it's just not what he's used to playing. I mean, Zach Randolph as well. He played all those years with uh, with Zebo. He's not throwing lobs to Zach Randolph. I mean, I don't even know when Zach was young if he was getting <laughs> lobs, you know, lifting that big body off the floor. So I, I think it's just something that they're both uh, getting used to. And I do think that the way defenses are playing against Rudy is different this year. So it's going to be even more challenging. But that's, that's the guy I think Mike really needs to connect with because that's the guy who needs the most help to be impactful offensively. Yeah, if you can find him with an advantage, whether it be a lob, whether it be a post up and a seal, but if you can find, he works hard to get an advantage. You can find that and reward him for getting an advantage. The, um, you know, the synergy just gets gets better between the two, and I, and I do feel like that is getting better. I think that there's way more connections uh, now than there were early in the season. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich led the way for the Jazz tonight. 30 points on 8 of 13 shooting. Five, uh, excuse me, 4 of 7 uh, from 3. Donovan Mitchell had 26 points tonight on 10 of 23 shooting. Much better in the second half. And both those players are standing by together back in the locker room. Oh, excuse me. They're back-to-back. I apologize. Thank you, Adrian. You, uh, who's first? We'll go Donovan first, followed by Boyan Bogdanovich. They just felt comfortable the whole night and tried to take that away from them, but um, that's really, I would say, the pressing issue. They just felt very comfortable the entire time. Does that come from physicality that you guys can do a little yeah, bit better? Yeah, just being able to pick it up on the ball. I think um, it's on all of us, you know, getting over the screen, you know, helping, you know, cigars, the bigs. It's really all of us just communicating and um, we'll fix it. What's the difference you, you, when you look at you know the first half, the offense in the first half, turnovers and the three ball? What did you see there that's been a difference for the last two games? Um, like what was the difference between the turnovers? You saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for us, just kind of being synced together. I think the past two games we ran up and down. We didn't really run much today. You know, I think that's that's one of the uh, the, the biggest things I take away. But you know, he's got to get back to running up and down, and it's tough to run when you're taking the ball to net every time. Though, but even still, we've got to be able to push the pace and you know make them guard. Still keep in touch with the guys on the little roster. Yeah, I think a few of them are actually. I think about nine or ten of them are at the game tonight. Coach Mack is here too, so it's pretty, pretty good. I think we're about to be number one in the country too, so it's um, it's a good year for us. I was gonna say, what have you seen from them, and what are the expectations for um, the team? I've watched. I've only watched one game in, in its entirety, but you know the biggest thing I noticed is you know their tenacity. You know they want it. You know I think as long as like I like I said on um, I said this when we were ranked high, like you know as long as guys play for each other and not themselves. You know when you have and it's nothing against them. It's just when you have that type of talent. You know, it's natural, you know, to kind of, especially at that age, you know, like say like I'm old, but like that age to be able to kind of learn how to be selfless, you know, and that's to get the ball up. And we've been doing a great job of that. And I think we're going to continue to do a great job of that. Is it weird to see them? I think some of them wear your shoes when they're yeah. playing. How weird is that? That's that's a little weird for, for sure. Um, I think it's just, like I said, it's one of those things that's surreal, you know, um, but I think it's, um, I'm going to continue to get them as many as I can, you know, let them rep it as long as they, as long as they want to, you know, I think it's pretty cool. I want to ask about Bogey and kind of what he's bringing, especially shooting-wise. Like, when you guys are shooting in practice, where does he rank among, like, the best shooters you've shot with? Like, you guys had Kyle Korver last yeah, year, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, how, how does he compare, I guess? It's a tough question, right? It's a tough question. He said, where does Bogey rank as top five, like, top shooters that what we play with? It's a tough question. Um, 
I've seen Kyle go insane. I've seen Joe go insane. And obviously, I've seen it's tough. I'm going to give Kyle his respect and put him at number one for sure. Um, Bogey and Joe can hash it out. You know, tied at two. But um, am I missing somebody? No, I'm not missing anybody. Right? No, those are like really the top not three. Right. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, but no, I think Bogey is just one of those guys, you know, he can, he can come in, you know, just standing outside and just walking in and start knock down five in a row for you. He's just that consistent. You know, you always have a reliable um, guy in him, you know, I think especially late, you know, it's one thing I've noticed. He's very clutch, you know, he very he knocks down shots. Um, he's very poised. I think that's what helps for sure. One other one for you. Joe Ingles is the the leading consecutive games guy right now in, in the NBA. Okay. What is it that he does kind of on a game-to-game basis that lets him play? Uh, I think just his toughness. It's a mindset. You know, that's all it really is, you know. It's all it is is a mindset and a will to want to play, the will to want to be out there. And I think, you know, we all respect him for that. You know, he's not going to take any any games off, you know, for anything nagging. He's going to give it all for us. I think that's what's pretty, truly special. What were some of the challenges for you guys defensively tonight? I think it's just from the from the jump ball, they were they were more more aggressive team, both both defensively and, uh, and offensively. They were into us on every every single pass and every single on every single screen, and I. I think that was the they kind of push us away from the from the basket from our our set of fences that we wanted to play and, and, and that's what that was the, the main reason why we why we lost the game. For you, what was it like coming back where you spent two seasons and playing tonight? It's just nice to nice to see all those familiar faces I got around the, around the team around the around the city. I spent two great great years here. The, they really helped me to to establish establish my my game to show. They helped me to show everybody what I am what I am capable capable of doing. So when you uh, you go down uh, twenty, you still had a chance uh, later on in the fourth quarter because you only down by three points. But then it seemed to be this kind of thing where you get down to the end and you guys couldn't quite maintain that uh, closeness and you get down by ten again. What was kind of the uh, kind of the lapse that happened? Well, we were there. We were down a couple times by by ten or, or even or even more, and we we came back, but on a, we we didn't have a, we didn't have energy for that for that last last push last last couple of, of minutes. And like I say, they they hurt us really on a on a pick and roll game second half, and and, and then like I said before, they were more more aggressive team from uh, from Jumbo. You mentioned that you felt like your two years in Indiana helped show people who you are. What do you feel like was most important uh, that you either learned or were able to do while here with the Pacers uh, to kind of take that next step in your game and your career? No, I've been in, in a couple other teams, but I didn't. I didn't have that opportunity, that that important minutes, the ball in in, in my hands, that somewhere around set of fences for for me actually. So two years in Indiana, they they realized that I can what I can do and what I can cannot do. And then when Victor when Victor went down, that kind of also also helped me to to develop my my game. Kind of an overall point of view, like just how has this transition gone from the Pacers to the Jazz, and how you, what I guess, how are you feeling so far in the first month and a half of your new team? I mean, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling great right now. We are we are not playing like we supposed to. We have a lot of lot of talents in this room. It's it's obvious that it's gonna take some time to get uh, to get familiar with the 
with each other, but we are we are working pretty pretty hard, and and we have to we have to stay stay together no matter no matter if we lose two or three games in a row. How do you feel like the offense is progressing throughout the season? Like I said, there's a lot of lot of new guys, so we are trying to see and and, and figure out what what's worked for us, what's worked with the coach. I try and figure which combination is, is the best for us to close the game to to put a, to put right combination on a on a on a floor. So like I said, it's gonna it's gonna take time, but we are we are here to put out our game on, a, on the next level. All right, that was Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell. Boyan with 30 points tonight. Donovan uh, tossed in 26. But, uh, Tim, we've heard from Rudy, Boyan, Donovan, and Quinn Snyder, and all of them uh, talk about how uh, Indiana was more physical and had more energy than the Jazz tonight. Yeah, so, and I think that's, that was something that was something we drew from watching the game. So it, the one thing that's good is that that message is, is something that they all understand and felt, and that's something you can do something about, right? That's, a, uh, that's something as you come out, you, you can say, hey, we, we don't want to be the team that's less aggressive, and, and hopefully that'll be something down the road that will help them. What do you think about what Bogdanovich said there toward the end where he knows there's a lot of talent in the room and they just need time to figure it out? I mean, I know fans oftentimes don't want to hear that, but it's really true. No, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's really honest of him to say. Uh, and the one thing you can count on with the Jazz is they've got a locker room full of talent, but they've got a locker room. They've done their research. They've got a locker room full of good guys. And the most important thing to every one of those guys is being successful and winning. Um, and there's a ton of trust with the coaches as the coaches make decisions and implement things. Uh, you know, my feeling is that the culture is built where I think everybody will give and take um, accordingly. All right, let's take a look at your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 excuse me, 80 years. The Jazz tonight, 10 of 32 for 31.3% from three tonight. Bogdanovich was four of seven to lead the way. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was two of seven. Joe Ingles, two of six. Um, Mike Conley was one of three tonight. George Niang, one of three. And uh, for weeks now, Tim, I've been advocating that Royce O'Neal needs to shoot the ball more. He's shooting over 50% from three, and he struggled a little bit tonight, 0 of three. He was 0 of four from the field total. It seems like he got he had a couple of open looks right at the beginning of the game, missed those, and then kind of decided uh, that it wasn't his game to shoot tonight. But I still think I think Royce needs to keep getting them up. No, I do too. I, I don't think that four shots or three shots from three is enough for him. Um, you know, this team is built on the fact that that there's a there's a weapon at every position, and he he's got a <laughs> kind of the same mindset we talk about with Joe. He's got to know what his strengths are and what he can really help the team with. And shooting the ball, something he's doing really well. Um, I agree with you that that's something three shots isn't enough for him from three. Uh, the Pacers only took 22 threes, but they made eight of them, so they shot 36.4%. But the killer was Miles Turner, who was two of three from three, and we talked during the pregame show. We know he can shoot it from there, but he hit uh, one particular one in the fourth quarter that was kind of a kind of a backbreaker. And those bigs that uh, can get out on the perimeter and shoot threes, I think, are going to give Rudy and the Jazz trouble all year. Yep, that's that, there's no doubt about it because that's the – um, you know, the strength of Rudy is his ability to kind of patrol the lane, um, but you get him extended, it really kind of extends the Jazz defense, and, and the, the strength isn't, uh, isn't as, as good as, as kind of when they can pack it in and, and guard the rim. 
All right, Jazz Game Night, post-game show. We want to remind you, go where love takes you in an all-new Subaru, 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up on the other side, we'll get uh, Tim's final thoughts on this one. We'll look uh, forward to the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday as well, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show. The Jazz fall to the Indiana Pacers tonight, 121-102. to Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe uh, with you. And, uh, Tim, you heard Quinn Snyder say when we heard his uh, sound from the podium tonight that this was one that he was going to have to re-watch on film before he could really nitpick because I'm sure this is one of those games where he just wants to pull his hair out a little bit and needs to go back and look. Uh, look about what you know really went wrong and really went right but in all honesty and this is where we started the uh, the post game tonight this was a really funny game because Utah was awful offensively in the first half and then in the second half could not get a stop to save their life even when they really needed them in the fourth quarter the stops just didn't come and that's that's the uh, that's kind of where we deducted obviously the energy i mean it's it's it wasn't that they were you know inept all game long on one side or the other. It was just kind of a, a, a collective uh, inability to execute both sides at different times. And, um, you know, you like to see, you know, Donovan, for, for instance, in the second half come out and answer the bell uh, after going two for 10. Um, and, and he comes out and goes eight for 13 and has a really good second half. But then the defensive struggles kind of uh, rose up. And that's the, that's probably the part that's most troubling to me. I think that the Jazz, uh, you know, the, the one thing you can really count on is the fact they're going to guard every night. And, um, you know, f- to have – Indiana get 1.4 points per possession in the second half, and really the guys talked about it, got wherever they wanted to on the floor. That's not jazz basketball, and so that's something that uh, you know I'm sure Quinn will go back and watch and and try to figure out ways to get those guys doing doing a better job on that. Are there any positives that you really take from this game, or is it one of those that you just kind of try and forget about? No, I think they're. I, I think if if anything, you know, just the continued consistency of Boyan is particularly. This is a game where he's going back to his old place. You know, there could be nerves, there could be this, there could be that, but he just comes out and plays again. Very solid game. Shoots the ball well. Uh, gets a lot done. Gets. Uh, you know, and and so I think if you're looking for a positive tonight, I think that's the, that's one of the things you can really count on is Donovan had a, a good night after a tough start, and Boyan had a great night, and it's good to have Rudy back and healthy. Coming up Friday night, the Jazz will hit the road. Um, obviously, their road trip continues. They're taking on the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in Memphis. And by the way, the Grizzlies right now are tied up with less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter with the Clippers in Memphis. That game is tied at 119. And uh, Jonas Valanciunas is leading the way for the Grizzlies with 30 uh, tonight. Jay Crowder has 20 on 6 of 11 shooting. And Ja Morant has 20 on 7 of 16 shooting. But Ja also 
has 11 assists to go along with that 20. And a few minutes ago, just hit an unbelievably ridiculous three-pointer. And this is a Grizzlies team we've already seen the Jazz lose to in Memphis this year. And I know they're in the middle of a rebuild, uh, Tim, but uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a fun player to watch. Jonas Valanciunas uh, can be fun. John Morant is just absolutely electric. There's pl- there's enough talent on this Memphis team, as, as the Jazz discovered uh, a little over a week ago, that they're going to have to bring their A game on Friday night. Yeah, and and if you start talking about guys getting where they want to on the floor, I mean, that's the game plan with Ja. You have to get him stopped. You have to get him in transition. That's where he really hurt the Jazz uh, when they played uh, the first time. But that that's a real big issue is you got to get those guys doing things they don't want to do. you got to get the ball stopped. Uh, but uh, the Jazz have seen them. I think the one thing, you know, you look at overall, just kind of an overview of the season, the Jazz are 8-1 and one at home and 3-6 and six on the road. Of the top eight teams in the West, j- only the Jazz and the Clippers uh, have losing records on the road. Hmm. Interesting. Let me ask you this about John Moran. You spent uh, a lot of time in the college basketball world, a lot, a lot of time in the recruiting world especially. How does a guy go under the radar, go to Murray State, uh, take the world by storm last year in, in March Madness, end up the number two pick in the draft? Uh, he looks like the best rookie this year uh, by far so far. How does, how does somebody like this come out of nowhere? It's the great, you know, the, the, the book about outliers. I mean, there's always going to be, as, as technologically advanced as we are and like to think we are, um, you know, there's only so much you can do and, and guys will sneak through the cracks. Um, you know, I, look, I think back to, you know, Jimmer Fredette was a two-star recruit. Um, had three scholarship offers and became the national player of the year. So, I mean, it happens. Uh, it probably happens less often now than it used to. But uh, this kid is extraordinary, uh, and he really is take, kind of taking the league by storm this year. You know what's cool is uh, are there are some really electric young players that are coming into the league. I mean, think about players like you know Donovan Mitchell's in his third year. Think about guys right now that are, are in their third year or or younger, and look at. Uh, Luka Doncic, uh, you know, look at De'Aaron Fox, uh, Trey Young in Atlanta, John Morant. I mean, there's just some of these players that are, are I, I mean, they're good and, and they're finding their way in the NBA, but their brand of basketball, I guess, is what I'm thinking about, is just electric. It's think just about a guy super like, fun to watch. Uh, well, Brogdon's a fourth-year guy, but, but throw a guy him like in. him, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that that's the beauty of this league. Every single year there's an infusion of just – spectacular talent and it kind of flushes out all the other and and then the cream rises to the top but that's why it's the best basketball league in the world and um, you know we're treated nightly to being able to watch these guys play all right, Tim. I think a lot of jazz fans will probably want to forget about this one by tomorrow you know go uh, hang out with their families get that turkey get those mashed potatoes the gravy you know maybe watch a little football as opposed to basketball and forget about this tough loss to the Pacers but any final thoughts from this one anything relevant we haven't gotten to yet no I just think the the, the thing to keep in mind if you're down and, and I understand you know fans that be down tonight but it's a long season it's an 82 game season um, you know the one thing you can count on the Jazz aren't going to load manage guys they're going to play they're going to continue to get better uh, this is all building for you know a run at the end uh, and so there's going to be ups and downs there's going to be tough nights there's going to be great nights you know we've already had a game winner in the in the 
the excitement of a game winner. Uh, but the problem is that only lasts until you tip the ball again, and there's 82 games a year. So it's it's a really it is a marathon, and you can't get too caught up in in slow you know slow times, uh, and you can't get too high on on great times. All right, we want to say uh, a big thank you tonight that everybody actually a big thank you and happy Thanksgiving to everybody who had a part in the broadcast uh, to Locke and Boone, of course. Hopefully they have a happy Thanksgiving there in Memphis to the broadcast assistants to Adrian Lizer, executive producer of uh, Jazz Game Night. Happy Thanksgiving, Adrian. Uh, what, are, what are you doing? You getting together with the fam? You got anything special planned? Hopefully the snowpocalypse doesn't keep me out of the cove. All right. So there you go. It looks like we're safe. I'm going to be able to at least drive home, get yeah. in the garage before it hits. We should be good. Yeah. So uh, happy Thanksgiving you to guys as well. Adrian. Um, happy Thanksgiving to our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tim, happy Thanksgiving, man. What are you doing? You uh, you having family over? You yeah. Know, obviously we, the kids. Yeah. We've got our kids and uh my wife's parents tomorrow okay so it's going to be kind of small but nice and uh it's the first thanksgiving i've had in a long time not having to worry about practice or game plan so i'm gonna really enjoy it how cool is that you're actually gonna have a um uh, a, your traditional relaxing family Thanksgiving. That's right. That's great. I'm excited for it. That's pretty good. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate working with you, man. Thank you, Tim. You're the man. All right. Your final ja- the Jazz fall tonight in Indiana to the Pacers, 121 to 102. Our next broadcast Friday night, the Jazz will be in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. That game will tip at six. Pre-game coverage begins at five, and of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. 